Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. My name is Andy and I've got with me Jake. Hello Andy, hello everybody. Sorry about that. (laughs) How's it going? Going good, it's going good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Been up too much this week? Um, yeah, I've got some personal projects I've been working on this week and um, some film I've watched, some films I've watched, but um, yeah, I've had an okay week. I wouldn't say amazing, but okay week. Yeah, mine's been pretty good as well. Not too much to talk about. Uh, Actually, I should say we have a lot to talk about because there's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, You know, we'll get into a movie review later on, which uh, this week we saw the release of Alita Battle Angel. But we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, as well as a bunch of trailers and stuff, but um, yeah. So, without further doubt, let's kick into the movie and TV news. So, what have we got? So, we've got quite a lot going on today. Uh, this week in general has been full of trailers and uh, news about you know comic book stuff. Loads and loads of stuff going on. But we'll start in with some of the trailers. So, What We Do in the Shadows. The first trailer came out, revealing the premiere date as well. So it's going to be coming out on March 27th. Uh, This is a TV series run by Fox. And it is a spin-off show off the original movie, What We Do in the Shadows, directed by Taika Waititi. So, you saw the trailer. What did you think? It was hilarious. So it was... So it's it's a spoof... It's a horror film, vampire, werewolf, spoof type of movie. And the trailer was really funny. I was laughing my head off <laughs> while I was watching it. So I'm looking forward to that. But wh- where, do, where is it going to be on? It's going to be on... It's going to be on FX. Okay. Uh, so in the UK, I would imagine it probably drops on Amazon or Now TV. Mm, yeah. One, one of those two. Yeah, it, it's good. It's good. And if, if, if you've not seen it, I think you should Google... Um, Go on YouTube and type what we do in the shadows trailer. It's really funny. If <laughs> it's funny and it's it's sort of an interesting take at the whole vampire genre thing. I, I I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much the same. I, I thought it was incredibly funny. Uh, you haven't seen the original movie, have you? No, I haven't. No, I, I highly recommend you check it out. And anyone yeah. listening, what year ch- did it come out? can't remember the year i think it was around 2014 okay around that time because it was before taika waititi did thor ragnarok yeah so that came out in 2017 so he would have been a couple of years making that mm. so i would imagine probably 2014 mm. i wonder why i never heard of it oh man it's such a, i never really heard much of it but then uh, there was a lot of um good feedback about this movie mm. uh, so i thought you know what i'll check it out and man it, it, it's hilarious it's it, it's i'm very iffy with vampires yeah. Like I thought the vampire genre in general has been sort of, for lack of a better term, drained out. Mm. You know, there hasn't been much originality in the vampire genre. Uh, But he did something really, really funny and unique. Uh, He brought his comedy uh, that we know from Thor Ragnarok, but it was even a bit more sarcastic and uh, dark humor involved in this. And yeah, on the nose sort of stuff. Uh, You have the makes fun of itself with the classic vampire cliches and mm. stuff like that. Mm. So overall, a really good movie. And when they announced they're going to do a spin-off series and Taika Waititi's involved, I believe he's an executive producer on the show. I'm all up for this. And the, and the trailer just made me excited even more. <laughs> good, good. Guys, check it out. It, it's really funny. When we talk about a trailer here, what we want you to do is go on YouTube, type the title and check it out. I, I, I assure you, you will laugh off after watching this trailer. This is a trailer that I could re-watch over and over again as well. Yeah. It's one of those trailers that, yeah. you know, that I never get bored of watching it because yeah. it's just so entertaining. At the moment, I've seen, you know the trailer we saw last week, um, Sean and Hobbs? Yeah. yeah. I've seen that trailer like 10 times and it never it's, gets, yeah. it never never gets, gets old. old. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those trailers for me where, yeah, like you said, you can watch it multiple times and never feel um, redundant. So it's a good one. So our next trailer that came out this week is touching on the horror side as what we do in the shadows, but a much more classic horror approach. And that is Pet Cemetery, the remake of the 1989 film. And obviously, as we know, the classic Stephen King novel. Yeah. So I'll start with this one off, Pet Cemetery. Uh, it looks very uh, dark and twisted. Yeah much more than what the original film was. I wasn't a big fan of the original film. It's got its classic roots, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. This one looks like it's more uh, 
in par on par with the novel in the sense of how the story is playing out, apart from one major twist, which, right, I'm going to say this right now. If you want to go into this movie completely blind, turn off this episode right now just for this little section. But here we go. Spoiler alert. So instead of Cage, mm. the one that, they, that originally dies, yep. which is the toddler, boy, yeah. it's the older sister yep. who dies, who is, I think, is somewhere between eight to ten years old. Mm. So that's so that it's a completely different character that they killed off, and then, as you see in the trailer, comes back to life, and then follows those uh, horrific horror flick type of things. So yeah. it looks entertaining. It looks like a, a a fun horror film. I'm not expecting anything too deep, like you know, Get Out or or anything like that. Uh, but it looks more like a quite a, like a jump scare thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, you, what did you think? I mean, I saw the trailer, and you know, like we were discussing earlier, uh, and I don't mean I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean it in any way, shape, or form disrespectful to the man, but it's just my opinion. I feel that where we are now as an audience, we have gone beyond Stephen King's type of horror. You know. In the 80s in the early in the early 80s and the early 90s sorry in the 80s and early 90s when stephen king was at his prime yes he was like the father of the horror genre at the time but right now based on the fact that we've seen so many of these type of horror movies where it's all about the jump scare somebody in the shadow and you know all of that jump scare thing we, we are kind of immune to it right now and funny and unfortunately most of stephen king's um adaptations into films follow that same trend and it's just not scary anymore like if i see when i see this movie i'm gonna see it more because this is a stephen king film you know and i grew up reading stephen king books and all that so i'm gonna see more for the nostalgic and the the nostalgic feeling of watching a Stephen King film rather than oh my god this looks scary I really need to go watch it so I don't mean like I said I don't mean this in any way shape or form disrespectful to the man but this is just what I think about it no I agree with you in some aspects I think um, as a, a horror audience we've we've matured a lot yes over the few years especially yes. now with this new wave of horror movies that are so good and you know really driven by story and character uh, that this sort of looks like a step back in a way of back to more, not that classic, I mean, because I love classic horror movies, yeah. that they're a test of their time, but this looks like you need to update it for modern times yeah. and it looks like we're yeah. sort of going back to that. A perfect example I use is Halloween. You know, it, it, it adopted all the, the nostalgic feels of the original, but took it in a new direction, which yeah. made it entertaining and mm. fresh. Mm. Uh, this doesn't look like it's going to do that. I'm going to go watch it anyway, because like you said, it's a Stephen King. Yeah. Every, you know, you sort of have to go see a Stephen King w when it comes out. And, and I'm just a big fan of horror, so I like to be scared. Even if it is just a jump scare, I enjoy going to the cinema for horror movies. So yeah, I'll be checking it out regardless. Cool, cool. So our next trailer uh, is the first Shaft trailer. And it teases three generations of ass kicking. Oh my goodness! Like now, I know you, I know you, you the one who told me about yeah, this trailer. Yes. So I'm gonna let you start this one off. Like once I watched it, I just sent Jake a text. Like you, yo, dude, check this out. It is, I, uh, you know, this film, The Shaft, now is my most anticipated film of the year. Now. Wow. Yes, that's like obviously there's yes it's. Period. It's my most anticipated film this year. Period. Like, so normal. No, I'm uh, I'm a fan of old movies, and of all the genres of old movies, I'm a big fan of the this um 70s black type action films, where you see them with the afros and there's a lot of zooming in, you know, and that whole type of the soundtrack is a big part of that yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's slow. They call it quote unquote baby making bass type of music, you know, that, you know, all of that mixed together. Um, I, I, you know, so when I saw this trailer, it had the elements of what I like about that genre. And it's so funny. There were a lot of jokes and puns and callbacks to back in the day. It, it's, it's a really good film that I'm looking forward to. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
I get, I'm too, probably too excited to talk much about it, but you should check it out. It's going to be a good film. It's got Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson in it, and it's got, uh, I've forgotten his name, the guy who played the original, sh or yeah, the original Shaft of the 70s, he's in it, and there is now a third generation of Shaft, and they, are, they all come together to try and solve a mystery, uh, um, a case, and... Um, along the line there's just so many jokes so this is going to be a very very good film you know shaft looking forward to it yeah that was the thing that i really liked about this trailer the most was the the three generations of shaft mm. like from obviously the original in the 70s to samuel jackson uh, but i loved that the new generation it it brings a breath of fresh air yeah because he's so different to his dad and grandfather in the sense of like, they're a more old school, do it yourself sort of guns blazing sort of char characters while he's like, no, don't do that. And yeah. he's more like you could say a Manelio. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. in this sort of generation, uh, it doesn't quite understand violence and things like that, that the way they did in the old, in the old days. So that's what I really liked about this trailer, as well as the comedy, it, you know, classic Sammy J comedy. I love the stuff. So yeah, it just I have I haven't seen any of the Shaft movies. The, fir uh, the first two I haven't seen them. That not the seventies, not the one with Sammy J. I'm aware that they exist. I've always have been. I just never came around to seeing them. You'll so. like it. I think you will. Oh like yeah, it. before yeah. I see this one, I'm gonna definitely watch the original yeah. two first. Yeah, you will like yeah, it. Hundred percent. I think um, one thing. Um, Samuel Jackson, as in he's a force. He's a he's a force. He's busy man. Yeah, this this yeah. isn't he? Like, you know, it's like it comes. There comes a time in everyone's career that everything he does everything he touches turns to gold i think obviously we've always known samuel jackson as a brilliant actor he's among the top 10 but he's had some really bad movies of course yeah, yeah. you know everybody wants a piece of it but right now it's like everything he does he just comes across really good and he's just matured and he's sort of like he's free to be samuel jackson in all his movies that loud mounted swearing guy you know that has little patience for bush bs you know that's who samuel jackson is in every single character even the guy he played in tarantino's hateful eight it's still that guy that you're gonna see in shaft it's the same person you're gonna see elements of that in um in avengers you know and yeah, yeah so I'm loving Samuel Jackson right now, so that's good. Like, there's almost a sense in like the Marvel universe that you see him as Nick Fury and Sammy yeah. J. Yeah, right? so. yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get into our next topic, which is your favorite franchise. So we got a couple of topics regarding Game of Thrones. First one is season eight, which is just around the corner. Can't wait for that. Uh, they so first images came out. Did you see these images? No, I actually, I haven't seen. You those haven't seen no, those. I haven't. Oh, okay. I've seen so, it before the show, but uh, I haven't seen them. There's, they're nice images. Nothing too crazy, you know. It's just pretty much character shots. Uh, they look beautiful. They look epic, and it's just, it's just basically as it says, it's teasing us that we're about to come to the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and here we go. It's just around the corner. So that it's just the marketing campaign heating up now. What, what, it's out in April, so... April... 24th, I believe. Uh, I can't remember the actual date. It's the same weekend as Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. Amazing. It's, um... I, 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 you know, I think the luckiest people in TV are those who have never seen Game of Thrones, and they start to watch it, say, in July, because they get to watch every single episode from the start to the finish they get to watch it all at once for the past nine years i have been every i have been waiting for game of thrones every year the season finishes i start counting down to the next year it finishes i start counting down to the next year and there are just some people that are just going to watch it all at once they are so lucky game of thrones is it's oh, it's amazing when 20 years down the line 30 years down the line when they're going to be picking up the key points in film history and when they come to this era TV history. In, yeah tv history film yeah in tv history when they come to this era game of thrones is going to be that show that oh, said yeah, yeah this show it was after game of thrones that game changer exactly that things this started to yeah. happen and um, well you had you had other shows that came out just before game of thrones that almost sort of started this so you had lost yeah. and um breaking bad 
things like that. But Game of Thrones is definitely Game of Thrones. The reason why I think it is because of also the production value. It's on, on, that's the main thing. Like the it's value, and it, yeah. it's shot cinematically. Do you know what I mean? You have so many wide shots, which, as you know, in TV with TV budgets, it's like close up, close up. Here's a pic here's a uh, picture of my face. Here's a picture of her face. Here's a like and here it's shot like a movie. Yes. And you know you have an av you have an average what something like nearly ten million a an episode, mm -hmm. which is crazy amount for TV. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's just um you know because that whenever you'd hear in TV series, whenever you'd hear sci-fi or fantasy. You just knew the production value was going to be crap because uh, yeah. of the CGI of, mainly, yeah. Know, Especially in t TV. TV, yeah, it's you, it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's you you think it's going to be crap, but suddenly this show comes up, Game of Thrones, and it's so good. The production value is so good. It's like you said, it's shot cinematically. They were cutting no corners, and it was a very brave story because what has really caught people's attention is the fact that you don't know who's going to be alive after this episode mm -hmm. he our, um our martins has uh, no qualms killing our favorite characters no no you know so you know that Wait, it's some, it does annoy me sometimes when that happens but that's just the way it is yeah but you see, the truth is that's it's good it's good you know all these one character that can never die it's it becomes a bit boring you know but he was the one that and that's why it's another reason i know we're not talking about to shoot today um vikings one reason why I like Vikings as well is because anybody can die. I mean, you know how yeah. it's going to end because it's based on real life pe people to an extent, you know. Yeah. yeah. But in Vikings, anyone can die. And uh, yeah. And, can and you, you just don't know. And, exactly. and like sometimes when characters do, you're like, whoa, exactly. I did not expect that. Mm -hmm. But hey. So when shows are that bold, it catches people's attention. I think Game of Thrones really did that. Yeah. Well, staying on Game of Thrones, we also got some uh, announcement that the prequel pilot uh, so the first episode uh, that's going to start early summer for production, 2019. So that's probably going to look like dropping, I'd say, 2020 next year. So uh, you're aware that the Game of Thrones are doing a prequels yeah, series? Yeah, yeah, but, but let's just um, give a brief rundown for the audience. What, what's that about? As in... The Game of Thrones prequel, is it? Um, uh, well, we don't really know much about it yet. It's a film or... It's a series. It's a series and it this takes us before, before the events of, of this. Yep. I don't know how far back they're going to go. Yep. Um, I'm hoping... We'll I see. It's not, it's not Dan and Dave. It's yeah. not Benioff and Weiss because we know they're, they're shooting off to a galaxy far, far away after this. So... Um, I think the, tr the prequel will... It's... I, what I want to see, I want to see... Do you know much about Game of Thrones? I mean, I watched the series. I want to see the con Aegon's con the conquest, how he conquered the Seven Kingdoms with his dragons. I want to see that from Valeria to how he came with his three dragons and how him and his sisters conquered and reunited the Seven Kingdoms. I want to see that. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what, what they give us. I think it's a high possibility. I, yeah. think, I think they'll probably go as far back as they can uh, so, so they don't have to worry about tying in to to the what's currently going on at the minute. Yeah. But yeah, it's just basically... So Pilot's going to be here, so hopefully they'll announce it for a... F I mean, they're going to announce it for a full season, aren't they? Like, let's, like, it, regardless if they make a pilot or not. So, from one epic franchise to another, we go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, recently, the Russo brothers did some uh, test screenings for Avengers Endgame. So, the Russo brothers are the directors of this film, and they have been for Infinity War, Captain America Civil War, and The Winter Soldier. Uh, and they stay uh, even after the test screenings. The runtime is still at three hours for this movie. Good. I mean, no surprises there, really. I mean, we kind of want it to be three hours at, at least because there's so much story to unpack. So, what what are your thoughts on, on it? I'm loving it. If it, even if it was five hours and they had to charge us five pounds extra to buy it, the tickets, I'm there. I would pay for it. They did. They did such a good work. They, actually, the past 11, 11 years. They've done such a good work. They've done such an amazing job. And the first Infinity Wars, like, they did the way they combined everything. And you, you, there is no wasted scenes. There are no wasted lines. Everything, the story keeps And that's moving. a long movie as well. Yeah. And you never know that. No, no. Like, I think that, I think Infinity War is like two hours and 40 minutes. 
And it passes like it a passes flash. Like a, yeah, like a second. And, and, and so if they're saying this one's going to be three hours and it's going to be as good, if not better than Infinity War, bring it on. Yeah. Br like, bring it on, I say. I still can't wait for this. So I'm very, very happy to hear that it's three hours. I don't want it's two hours in the cinema, then I have to buy the DVD to watch the three-hour thing. No, give us give us a proper three-hour movie and we will love you for life. <laughs> so, no, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I think the Russo brothers are smart enough to know, to, to, to leave it at... If the story fits three hours, then let it be three hours. Yeah. I've always said that, like, never try to cut down a movie just for theatricality runtime. Do you know what I mean? Let the story play out as you want it to play. And if the story serves that scene, let it be in there. Well, you say that, dude, but have you not seen deleted scenes from Star Wars? Yeah, but that's why they're deleted scenes. So you have deleted. So, yeah, yeah. if you put a scene in there and, it, and you go, nah, take it out, that's fine. But, for example, if you think oh, this scene really fits the movie, but we have to take it out just because of runtime, nah. I'm not all about that. Mm. Well, I do mean, as because I'm as as you all know, I'm I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director as well, and just sometimes that, you know, um, some scenes you shoot because you need to dive a bit deeper into certain aspects of your story, so you shoot those scenes. But when you come to the edit room and you you know you you, you know films because there's a lot of study, people begin to lose interest. At after setting time, no, but that's what I'm saying. Without losing pacing, yeah, but it's it's extremely. Like, hard. For example, Justice League is a perfect example of that. The w Warner Brothers demanded demanded this movie be two hours. Mm. That movie should have been three hours. Yeah, but it's th here's the thing, you know, these films are, you know, when you look at the rating, it's a twelve. It's rated twelve. So this is a film that technically look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but it's 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 technically meant for people who are 12 years old technically you know i know that's not the case but technically it's no i think it's that people from age 12 and over can watch these films so it's not aimed at 12 year olds star wars is aimed at 12 year olds marvel is aimed to the world not really you know that the stories can't be too deep they have to be extremely easy to understand they don't go into any mature themes or you know, things that if it was a 15 movie, they'd spend some time to get into the depths of something. But I still, I still think they have a level of deepness that goes over a lot of 12 year olds heads. In, uh, in, well, in the Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could say that, but it's just, I think I that's mean, how I, I, look, I, I look at them. I look at some of those films as cinematic works of art. Yeah. I mean, you could say, yeah, they are because, yeah, and some of the, the story elements that they have in there sometimes can be very mature and deep man like that's what i'm saying like like civil war is a perfect example of that i mean they can't be but at the end of the day they can't go too deep into certain things for example the whole it's just a number of things that other films would spend some time to really get into some you know for example iron man has been suffering from ptsd since um since um, what's that one with um the first avengers so the first avengers he's been suffering from ptsd but the way they treat it in the following films they just brush it aside like he's having bad dreams compare that to the ptsd that they feel in but that's because that's also those are mature things. you have to move them you have to move the movie along as well yeah yeah but you, you know, can't dwell too much on that because you have a greater story to go through that's why you have series like the punisher who do that because you have 13 hours to do that not to even some films uh, even though they're feature-length films and you only have 90 the mature themes they don't just brush over them because these are things that apply to well I, that's that, that's what i mean though I, I don't think they do brush over them. i think they hit them but they don't dwell too much on them okay anyway well, speaking on mature themes uh are rated movies are actually a possibility at disney Okay, so earlier this week, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, had his earnings call. So with investors and stuff like that, and they're, you know, talking business about the future of Disney and what they're going to be doing. Uh, and as we know, Disney are going to be buying Fox. So all the Marvel related characters that Fox own, such as the X-Men and Deadpool, will be coming back. And but he did state Deadpool will be remaining rated R. That's a big one. That Disney. is big, isn't it? Yeah. Disney. That's the news I wanted to hear. 
that's I, I'm, I'm loving it because I can't imagine Deadpool being PG-13. I can't imagine that, you know. But the thing, the surprising thing here is Disney is doing an R-rated movie. Wow. You know, I was surprised, you know, in Rogue One when everybody died in Rogue One. I was surprised. I was like, what? Disney killing the, the main characters? But now I'm hearing Disney is okay with R-rated movies, and that's a surprise. It's completely different from you know the foundations where they were all about cartoons and making kids happy. So it's, it's you, cool. you have to move forward as a company. That's what you do. Like if you want to survive, yeah. you got you got to. Yeah, the main thing I love about this is, I mean, it, it makes sense business-wise. Do you know what I mean? Like Deadpool, the last two Deadpool movies have been financially mega hits. You know. Uh, Critics love them, fans love them, and they love them because, because not not because it's rated R, but because of the story factors and who the character is is rated R. That's why we love him for who he is. So if you try to make him PG thirteen, it won't work as well. Now they did they did do that with the second Deadpool movie. They re-released it and re-edited it in PG thirteen. I still haven't checked it out. I will at some point. That when they released that, that I, I thought, oh dear, this is like a testing the waters to see if it can be done. Uh, so I thought that's when that's Disney probably going to go, yeah, let's make it PG-13. But this makes me very happy. So and they he also goes on to state that other R-rated properties are a possibility. And in relation to that, I've heard rumors. I don't know how uh, official this is, but they're developing a Black Widow movie. Mm. And that's going to be rated R. Apparently. Very good, very good. So. I mean, I say good, and, and people watching may think people. Sorry, people listening will think these guys are sickos. They like R-rated stuff. They like seeing blood and gore. You know, who loves that? But no, um, only if it serves the story. That's what I say. I'm of the opinion that every story, and we were talking about this before the show. I'm of the opinion that no matter the story, you can take a normal story and beef it up to be R-rated. And you can also take an R-rated story. It's but, about the but it, filmmakers. It, yeah, it, the guys it, it depends. It. You can make it R-rated, but sometimes does it need to be R-rated? Like, don't make an R-rated movie for the sake of, oh, it's R-rated. Do you know what I mean? Like, to be edgy. Like, nah, I'm not... If you're going to make an R-rated movie... So, what I say is, make your movie. Make the movie you want to make. And then whatever the rating is, is what it is. Well, you can't do that, though. But that's, that's the way it should be done. Well, that's what happened with Logan. So James Mangold was like, I'm just going to make this movie. And they said, when they, re when they, you know, as the people do, they go in, they watch it, they go, this is R-rated. Like, that's what, yeah, well, yes, yeah, R-rated, but that's the movie I wanted to make. Well, the thing is, it, studios, they have strict guidelines around the level of violence, the amount of blood, the language used, how frequently it's used. You can only use a curse word x number of times there's so many there's a lot of variables uh, variables yeah. and guidelines that these um big studios ad need to adhere to so it's a it's a big deal for them when they the ratings that they put on each movie it's not uh it's not an afterthought it's something that they really put a lot of thought into and you know and um so i'm of the opinion that you know anything can be r-rated or anything that is currently r-rated can also be made a PG thirteen. It all depends on the, the the guys behind. If I hadn't seen Logan, Logan I think I think cer certain characters can be done like that. Other characters, I don't think, should be done like that. For example, Deadpool, uh, the Punisher, characters like that should are R rated. The character is R rated. Do you know what I mean? Like the stuff they do is for R rated audiences. So you shouldn't PG thirteen them. I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's a disservice to the character. Now, when you have a character like um, like Batman, for example, yeah. uh, Batman has always been in a PG-13 film. Now, you can do an R-rated Batman film. I don't think it's necessary because I still think you can tell a perfectly good Batman story without it being R-rated. I think, no, I, I would love to see an R-rated Batman. Um, I would just want to see a Batman movie. And if it's PG-13 or rated R, whatever. Now, I'd love to, I mean, based on what he does... You know, I'd love to see, a, I'd like to see an R-rated um, film because he's brutal. He is a very good fighter and yeah. what the techniques he uses, you really need to see the impact. You'd want to see, I know we, now we're sounding like psychopaths. We want, <laughs> we want to see blood and gore, but sometimes you just want to see. I think, like I said, it, it, it depends on the character. 
It entirely depends on the character. Batman, to me, should be R-rated. Uh, he's always been PG-13. He's me. always been, because at the time, he came out... All characters that came out at that um, golden era, just after the... the in the 30s 40s yeah. 50s they were very pg because society well they were aimed towards children initially yeah. when comics came out yeah. yeah but society then was if if you do a kids novel now if you do a kids movie now the our notions of pg what kids can accept at now kids are more mature than they were then exactly. but that's because there's so much out there now yeah. yeah so so it's just different what you'd consider if they were to do the ratings again if they were to start a standard okay let, let, let me paint a picture if there were no ratings now every movie was every movie then suddenly the academy came and said we want to start rating movies by age age bands age bands some of the things we see in our, what we currently see in r-rated movies they would be in pg-13 and you know because like you said kids kids are more exposed these days so you can't shield everything from that you can't no, shield no, of anything from no it's now. very it's very difficult to shield stuff from kids these days yeah anyway so we'll go into our next topic we'll stay on the marvel bandwagon and that is lauren Schuler, who is a producer at fox uh confirms the marvel movies are on hold okay so the disney deal fox merger is happening anytime soon we know that we got X-Men Dark Phoenix. That's pretty much in the can. There's new mutants coming out. Well, if that comes out, we're hearing things that it might not come out at all. Uh, but anything other than that is on hold at the minute. Yeah. So what do you think? I like, think is the I think is the the business is just the one who iron out a lot of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Because when business is when the business people are talking, everybody just keeps quiet. Let that angle finish then you can start doing your creativity and all that. So I think what's happening here is the business guys are talking. The adults are talking. Adults. Yeah, so let's just let the kids just stay quiet. When the adults are done, then we'll get back to get the things rolling. So I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. But she also goes on to say that uh, she wants the X-Men franchise to evolve. Now, th this is this is an interesting one for me. So I'm super, super excited that the X-Men are coming back to Marvel. Uh, I mean, aren't you? Well, I, I, I am, but... Um, and the Fantastic Four as well, more than anything. So here's my... my it's, not, it, it's a concern. It, it's not like I hate the idea. It's just a concern. I don't want another Avengers. Another, you know, another group of safe characters. You just put them together, give them missions and all that. I want to see a different type of superhero. It's just funny that we've been talking about ratings, our rating and all that. Wouldn't it be nice to just see an R-rated X-Men. Maybe not an completely... No, cause, not be, cause okay, maybe not R-rated. It's a school yeah, with maybe, kids. Yeah, maybe not R-rated, but yeah. they did it in a, a, um, a mutant... Um, the, the, the DC Titans. It was R-rated. Maybe not R-rated, but PG-15. Um, rate, rated 15. There's, there's PG-13 and 15 are two different ratings. Yeah, well, yeah, so I'm saying. Rated 15 rather than R... You know, just give it... Take it's, it up a it's, bit. It's a, it's a, the thing is, ratings is a tricky one because... For example, let me. What's an example? Right, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. It's rated PG 13 in America. So people from 13 and over can watch it. In UK, it's rated 15. Okay? So it's a, there's, a, there's a weird balance about what we accept. That doesn't happen very often, do Deadpool, rated 15 in the UK. In America, it's rated R. So it means you have to be 17 and over to watch it. You know, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, there are situations where different countries, based on laws and all yeah. that, you know. No, but I, I, I don't. I want to see. I really want to see the X Men back where they belong, yeah. uh, and I, th I hope that in a way that the X Men are the team that we're going to be following in the future, like in the next sort of wave of out after the sort of Avengers sort of uh, die out, you could say. Uh, but the X Men will be the ones that take it forward. I would actually really love to see an X-Men TV series on Disney+. Plus. I think a TV series uh, would better suit the X-Men characters because there's so many characters in the X-Men. Mm. And, and I would love to see like 10, 10 episode series and it's just them hanging out in the mansion, you know, dealing with the stuff that the X-Men deal with, which is you're protecting a race that hates you. Do you know what I mean? Which, is, which can get quite deep, which is at the time of them writing it was like a parallel to homophobia and racism and stuff like that 
treating people who are different just for the sake of because they are different and then these are the people that are saving your life from stuff like that. So I think with a with a series you can really dig deep into that more than what you can in a movie. Well, which is true. I just think when it went, as you were saying that I was just thinking about um Legion. You know, because that's what Legion is, you know. Technically it's just one character, you know, but he's in an organization and they're exploring their powers, how to use it. Yeah, but that's a very different I want to see the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, no, what I'm saying is it's I think if they do that, this is my thoughts, you know. I feel it can get a bit boring if they do that. Because there will be so many flashbacks. It will be flashbacks all, to what? When you're talking, when when they're in the why they do certain things, unless they want to start the film, the series from when they were kids. But series, if you've noticed every series, they always do a lot of, especially with superheroes, you need to explain the motivation behind certain things. Yeah, but that's that's a, it's a typical trait in comic, t- comic storytelling. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is it's if they do that for something as um, potent as the X-Men, you know, I think people might find that a bit boring after a while. Yeah. You get that with Daredevil and Punisher and any uh, all the other successful TV shows. One character. <laughs> but you're talking about 12 people in a house it's just well i mean i think i think it would work i think x-men would be better suited in the tv in the tv world mm. and fantastic four i want them to uh come to the movies yeah, yeah. Fine. are we gonna get do you think we're gonna get a good fantastic four movie oh, yeah. now yeah it's, it's in the hands of marvel they're, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna knock it out the park yeah i hope so fingers crossed yeah so speaking on the next wave of marvel movies got guardians of the galaxy volume three so we got James Gunn's script. Chris Pratt confirms that they're going to actually be using his script for the movie. Mm. As we know, he won't be directing it. So, I mean, I'll start this one off. I'm cool they're using his script, but even like the script is going to be solid because it's James Gunn. However, it's not going to be directed by him. Mm. It's not his baby. So I don't think you're going to... It's not going to be the same film at it's all. It's not. It's not. It's the same. It's going to be like Star Wars. You know, you have the... Well, I say that, you know, some t- it might be like Star Wars, whereby when the, it's somebody else takes over somebody else's script, the execution is just not, the, it's not as... Wh- when did that happen in Star Wars? Well, ha- when last did George Lucas write a, write a, f- a film in Star Wars? He's, not he's, only, he's only ever written the, A New Hope. When, when well, last was he involved in actual production of a film? What, the Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Well, the Clone so that, Wars. Yeah, the so, Clone, yeah. yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is, these new films, Star Wars is Lucas's baby. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm a bit... Yeah, okay. Yeah. But that, that you have to take a franchise forward. You do, but this is not like a franchise. This is... It's got. It's a franchise. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is not a franchise. You know, it's, 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 it, it, it's a franchise. It's a trilogy. After this set It's a trilogy movies. which becomes a franchise and it's part of the Marvel franchise. So it's a franchise. Yeah. I just think um, there might be some teething problems when the direct, when as a director you are taking on somebody else's script. And I just hope it doesn't fall into the whole Star Wars thing or trying to raise somebody else's child. It's a hard thing, mm. kind of thing. So I mean, everybody see. they've been doing it for years. Mm. We'll see. But J- J- James Gunn was so good and instrumental to yeah, the first he, two yeah. movies. Oh no! Of course, it's like finishing off somebody else's story. But yeah. uh, with other stuff, is that, that people adopt different people's stories all the time. You have to—that's the way it's been done for years, for eighty years. It's been—it's been done. It's just the way comics are. It's this comic book storytelling, and y- you know, I—I I, I get you—you don't—you haven't—you—you you don't read as many comics as I do. You, you haven't read them as long as I have. But this is normal. This is normal for us. No, I get it. What I'm, what I, I think what I, I'm trying to say is the fact that the first two movies were the brainchild of what we saw was the brainchild of James Gunn. You know, the script and what we saw all came from the same person. Now, when we have the script from somebody else and the execution from another person, it might look it, it, it will just look very different i said oh, this yeah, as 100 this yeah, movie will look so different yeah, yeah. i said this as, as as a director when you don't write something when because as a writer director when you write it you're writing it because you know how it's going to play out it's those two things go together and when it's not the same person uh and you don't have the writer to ask questions 
it's a bit it can be it can be it's a bit challenging and mm -hmm. i just think i'm hoping there won't be a notable difference between the first two movies and the third one okay well speaking of notable difference uh somebody who will finish this off uh will be noah harley legion will end its run with season three okay mm -hmm. uh noah harley the creator of the show he stated that this was the plan from the very beginning so that's that makes me very excited is what literally what we were just talking yeah. about he's got an overall arc he said from the beginning i planned three seasons this is where the character i want to get to them perfect cool it's about time i mean like we always said about um legion it takes getting used to it's it's a very it's you have to be patient with it so anything beyond three or four would have been a problem so i'm happy it's ending at three yeah i mean it's such a great show though that i can't wait for season three uh, to come out because we're also going to get charles xavier mm, finally okay like i can't wait to see Charles because we've been alluded to charles xavier for like the past two seasons and that now we get to get to pay off so i'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to finish this and this will probably be the last as well of like the fox's tv series stuff before the disney deal goes through so it's going to end on a high yeah so we're going to get into our next topic which is a film review this week it will be alita battle angel I do not stand by in the presence of evil. She's threatening the natural order of things. This movie, there's a few things about this movie that we can talk about here. Um, let, we're going to basically just get overall thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like about the movie. So I'll pass it over to Andy. Andy, what's, uh, we'll start off with you. What were your overall thoughts about this movie going into it and stuff like that? Excuse me, so if I was to sum up my thoughts and feelings about this movie, I would, in two words, I would say wasted opportunity. You know, what I mean is there was a lot of potential to do something better than what we got. So that's why I say it's a wasted opportunity. Now, that being said, there are things I liked and there were things I really didn't like and there were some things that were just bizarre you know but here's the thing when i watch a film um the first thing that, that i ask myself is what is the that what are they trying to achieve with this film what is this film is it a fun film that they just want people to laugh about you know is it gonna be is it the start of a franchise is it something that wants us to think about our condition the human con you know i ask these questions what is this film what does this film represent now it's based on that those are the spectacles i use to rate a film did they achieve what they said to achieve because you know there is no point looking at a comedy through the eyes of an action film you know you'll always be disappointed so now when i i so this film to be fair is I, I i haven't seen them it's based on a, um, a manga comic which i haven't seen i I, never, and I haven't read any of the manga comics so there are a lot of things that i didn't like but it may have been that um, because they were paying homage to the original source material that's why certain things were done in certain ways so you know that's you know so it may be my fault for not agreeing with certain things but um the love story the the part i did certainly did not like that is was the love part of it the romance part of it it was so unnecessary it was literally when i was watching it i'm sure there was this there was this guy that was sitting next to me and there was this part where i i don't want to spoil it but i'll just say these lines because it's, it's no in the spoil it it's in We're the going a spoiler review oh it's a spoiler review yeah, okay yeah. There was this part where Alita was with um, the guy, her um, male interest, and she was like, um, do you mind that I'm half man and half human? And the guy went, you're the most human person I've ever seen. My, I felt like growing up. So some of the dialogue. The dialogue yeah. was so flat and so cheesy. No, she's not really the most human person you've ever seen because two scenes before that, you saw her doing something super... You, you, we, there was actually a scene that was to show that she is not human so you can't two scenes down the line say she's the most human person that whole love her romantic affiliation to that guy that whole part of it really messed it for me i didn't like that part of it 
one thing i did like a lot was the cgi it was good for what it is because it's a manga they were trying to stay true to the source material you know so there were some cheese there was some over the top type of fight techniques and like when she's you know and i was like ah it's a bit over the top then but it's a manga they're trying to stay true to the source material so some of the shots were overblown you know they would do, do some wide shots they you see her in the air doing a flying drop kick you know but because it's coming from the comics um so that that was also um, a factor for me and finally um and here's the last thing i'll say about the film before I, I i ask you what you thought is when this is when you buy a franchise you need to you can't these days because people because of the internet and because people are so creative and there's a lot of money in the business at the high level mm-hmm. when you buy a franchise you really need to make use of that franchise as soon as you can you can't buy a franchise and just keep it for like 20 years because by the time you release it 20 years down the line nothing is new so you see Dave, um, james cameron bought this franchise a long time ago you know and he's only just releasing the film but between when he bought it and now a lot of the concepts you see in the film have already been done so this whole concept of the city in the sky that has the um, elite living there then you had the lower class living on the ground it's done Mm. before like elysium has done it um even this film we saw um um, I, I don't know if you've seen Altered Carbon on Netflix. Altered Carbon, yeah. yeah it has yeah. the same concept of the rich living Whoa, you go, you go back to Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. Blade Runner. Way, Blade, Blade, that's from... Yeah, yeah. S- speaking of Blade Runner, you know, the whole concept of um, the bounty hunters, that's a bit Blade Runner-ish. Yeah. You know, the whole concept of that, that there is a game that they play and if you're really good at the game, you get to go to the... Um, to the sky. To the, the city sky, in the sky, sky, yeah. There's a bit of um, mocking... Um, hunger games in there you know because so a lot of the things we saw in in this film we've seen it before because he didn't make use of it the franchise when he first got it and he allowed other people to do certain things so there was nothing really new the only saving grace is that this is just the first part of the you know i'm sure they want to do others because of the way it ended so that's the only saving thing i hope they do something better in the next one I've said a lot. What do you think? <laughs> well, no, um, I mean, I, I agree with you on a lot of stuff on there. Um, I will start off by saying is that uh, when a, a uh, property is turned into a film or a TV uh, from an original source material, I, I tre- tend, most of the time, tend to go pick up your source material. So I just can get myself familiar with yeah. the world and stuff like that. Yeah. I did not do this with this one. So mm. I went in completely blank. I thought, okay, let's see what we got. So I'll start off with some of the things I liked, okay? Um, I will take what your comment said about the CGI and I'll go one further. I thought this was a breakthrough in cinema technology. I thought the visuals, uh, they did things I didn't think were possible, like the movements and the camera movements with the CGI, especially when they were playing that game. Yeah, that, the, some of that stuff was absolutely gorgeous. And like, and each time one of those action sort of set pieces came on, I was like, whoa, like, like just visually stunning okay yeah. it's it, and it, it takes it to a new level i think um alita battle angel not for story wise but for its visual aspects will be talked about in the future as one of those films that took it to a new level um very much like um like avatar did as james cameron likes doing yeah i think apart from and this this is the best what's that thing where they put the camera it's not motion capture it's something capture where they put the camera in front of the actor the actor actress oh yeah face. yeah well, yeah i think apart from Andy Serkis this is the best motion ec- capture motion yeah. capture is it motion capture yeah yeah it's all mocap yeah. yeah I thought it had a separate name but this is the best execution of that technology apart from because um, Andy Serkis is like the king of it but her performance in the, is my to me is the best execution it was the best performance yeah 100 which is saying something considering it's a cgi character do you know what i mean a completely motion capture character was the best performance of the film um but yeah to, to, the way she looked was phenomenal her movements it just looked fantastic and like if i was to watch this film again i would probably watch it just on actually actually you know i wouldn't watch it on mute 
So I was going to say I was going to watch it mute because something else I really loved about this film was the sound design. Oh, yes. The sound design in this was awesome, man. Like, and I, I love anything uh, sound design related to science fiction. That's, that's where I like to play around in my sound stuff. Um, but yeah, some of the movements and like, especially again, I go back to the scene because it was one of my favorite scenes was the, the big game that they played. That was awesome, man. Like, and they were climbing over each other and stuff like that. That was absolutely That, that was my best part of the film. That, yeah. the one at the end, not the one in the beginning, the one at the yeah, end. Yeah, the one at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. When she's under attack yeah. by all of those. Yeah. That, oh, so good. That was good. Yeah. So yeah. So all the visuals and the sound design, that was fantastic. The score as well was very good. Done by Junkie XL. XL, sorry. Uh, so that was very good. Uh, her performance, uh, it wasn't a great performance, but it was the best in the in the film. Uh, and on that, I'll go to the things I didn't like. So some of the things that I didn't like about this movie um, were the performances. I thought, uh, for a lack of a better term, a lot of them were robotic. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, very disappointing with the performances. especially Chris uh, Yeah, Chris Waltz. He did. He, he he did okay. He did okay. He was just given some very poor dialogue. Yes, yes. Uh, the dialogue he did the flat. best he could. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still think he could have done better. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. A he dialogue. might have phoned it in a bit with this film. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but the one who plays his ex, I thought she. I thought she phoned it in as well. Uh, the the love, the boyfriend character. I didn't. I, I thought he was. I thought he was terrible. I didn't buy hint him at all. You know, if they took away that part of the film, it might have been a bit better. Yeah. But, but even still, so you go into that. I'll go into the story. There wasn't really much story. I thought. I thought that that it was quite slow at times. Well, s slow in certain aspects. But then, like, th there was one point where I actually considered leaving the cinema because I was so bored. I was really bored. And like I say that the action pieces were fantastic and they're great to look at, but to some degree, I didn't care about them because I didn't care about the story that was building up to this and I didn't care about the characters involved. So you can wow me all you like with all these visual effects and, and action set pieces, but unless the story and the characters aren't there, I'm not going to care about them. And very, like you said, this was a disappointment on so many levels. It's It should have been a really good kickoff to a franchise that you can probably take for the next 10 15 years do you know what i mean because there's over i think there's over 10 12 books yeah about 12 volumes yeah, yeah. there's about 12 volumes of books so there's crazy amounts you could do a lot there but this is a disappointing thing and when you come out with something like this i just think how how can we warrant a second one i don't know i don't know like um, but you say about performances i feel this guy did well what's his name um the black guy um ali Oh, mashallah Ali. Yes, yeah. he did quite good, I, in my opinion. Yeah, ag again, he could have been better because I've seen him in su some amazing performances. Again, he was just, he did the best he could with a very poor script. The, yeah, it's the script. The dialogue, the dialogue was, was extremely was, flat. Very cliche dialogue as well. Um, so yeah, overall, I'm quite disappointed. It was bored. So yeah, those are like those are the two aspects I have of what I liked and disliked about the film. The, the whole love triangle, because it didn't, the love thing it didn't move her it didn't motivate her to do anything she was already a warrior she she knew what she wanted she knew she knew she had to get what she wanted so normally they put these love triangles to create some motivation for the characters to do something maybe when she maybe she had decided to do something then when the boy dies she decides to do something else or he changes her perspective about maybe love or human being or something like that that's usually why they would put a love interest in the film. Not just for the sake of it, but to move the story forward. But it doesn't. There is really nothing that she does to her character or to the story. There's nothing his group does. Because he, one of his friends got slashed in half by the... Like that guy, she got slashed in half. He, 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 didn't, he didn't feel the. Yeah, the he, didn't feel like it. He, he should have been distraught at that yeah. point. Yeah, and he's just flat. It nothing. was just extremely yeah. flat. And he, like I said, it's such. It had so much potential. That's the problem. You that know, is that it had so much potential and, and just it just like, let down. Oh, just let down. But will if the next one comes out, will you watch it? I think I will still watch it. If if they make a next one, I'll watch it. 
I'll watch it, especially because of the visual effects. I think in two or three years' time, what it would look like even then would be fantastic. And and it's a film that should be seen in the cinema because of the visual effects. And however, if the second one is 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 as bad as this, yeah. um, then I will not go see the third yeah. one. I think you you like. Yeah, what you always what you you normally say is the hardest movie in a franchise is the second one. Yeah, that's what you always say. So if you're making a trilogy, the second one's tends the hardest one to make. Yeah, the first one is easy because it's just origin. It's, it's an origin story, uh, and then the third one. Well, it's it depends on the third one because it depends how the second one finishes, how you conclude it. But the second story is because it's not a big, it's not a beginning, and obviously it's not an ending. So you got to find that middle story. Yeah, the second one is the actual story. Yeah, I always found I always found in in a trilogy the second one is always the darkest story. Mm. So you have the the first one will be like the beginning of of the journey for the character we're following, yeah. uh, and they succeed, yeah. you know. And then the second one they are challenged and they are defeated, and then the se- the third one is about triumphing, returning. I think that's the. I agree with you there. It's it's sort of like a film because what you've just said is the basic tenets of a three of act, a three, three, act, three act part, yeah. you know the, which you, you space know. that out into exactly. three films so yeah. it's 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 gonna be challenging i hope i mean i one thing that really got me excited was who was the producer which was um, james cameron, james cameron yeah, of course. and rodriguez was the director so i was really hoping yeah because i'm a you know, huge fan of sin city yeah i love that movie yeah. so much oh. and i, I he, watched it i last thought he directed the hell out of that yeah film. i watched it um when, when did i watch sin city again i think i watched it last week and i was awed again i was yeah. like wow that's why you i'm know, so like when you have these names robert rodriguez and james cameron attached to it and they produce this i just think i don't know man um, you know one thing that the, the this production design was to me it was poor uh, i liked the production design i like the worlds that they they yeah. built you know like i like the gritty cyberpunky feel i, I liked that here's like, the thing about the world because it was cgi mostly it looked too clean do you understand it looked too you know when you compare it to um, like Star Wars, when you go to a Star Wars, I think the perfect because example practi- is Rogue One. Exactly, because they use more practicals. It's you can more, wear it in. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks real. The used know. universe. Yeah, but this one just looked so real, and they were trying so hard. I don't know if you noticed this, but they were trying so hard to show that uh, biotech was the main thing. Every extra, like ninety percent, when you watch it, if you watch it again, ninety percent of the extras had um, one limb electronic one link mecha- mechanical Mechani- and yeah, one yeah. link yeah everybody had everybody some sort yeah, of like it's you're rubbing it in our faces we get it this time everybody's got everybody's robot limbs yeah, yeah. but you, you can't do that it, it looked too clean i liked the what i mean i wish it was sort of like um blade runner there was something about the blade runner set design the gritty yeah, yeah it's gritty it's feel gritty, yeah but it feels yeah, and I didn't get that with this. I see what they were trying to do. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, like, like I said, this is an achievement in film, movie, movie making technology. This is an achievement. I, I have to, I give you know all my respects to the the people over at Weta Digital for doing this. Like, huge. I, and I would, I'd like to see which film looks better this year than this one. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, Avengers will, but I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> Endgame's obviously a high possibility, but yeah. yeah. That's that was well, but hey. Anyway, so let's give it a score. So a score. This is, I think. It, I don't know. I, 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 it's somewhere between four to five out of ten for me. Wow. Because like a five is mediocre for me. Uh, I, I'll give it a five. I think it's a mediocre movie. Me, mediocre. You know, and at, at a push, five point five maybe. Just because of the visual effects. Yeah, for you, for you to give a film yeah, four, it has to be terrible. Because you're usually, you're like the person that sees the glass half full. When it comes to film rating, you normally see the film half full. I'm more a half empty kind of guy. But so for you to give a film four, it must yeah. really no, I, suck. I, just to confirm, I've given it a five. A five, but you've five. given it a five. So that's yeah. okay. I mean, I w- that's an average movie. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Okay, I'm going to do this. I will give it a five as well. I give it a five. But if, because after I watched it, I went on the internet and I looked at some of the source material. If I had seen that source material before I saw the movie, 
I would have probably Might given appreciated it, it a yeah, bit more. I'd have given it a bit more. I would have probably given it a six. That's maybe why as well with me. Yeah. Maybe if I'd known the source material, I would have been like, well, that's the way it's done and I did that well. But yeah. I haven't, so I have to judge it for what I saw. Yeah, so, so five yeah, it five, is. Five, both of us, five. I think that's the first time we've got one it's exactly same. the same. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so we're going to get into our next topic now which is a relatively short topic. It's what's coming and what we recommend for you guys. Gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Right, James. Um. James? <laughs> Who's James? Just, we were just talking about James Cameron, so do, do James <laughs> is stuck in my head. Um, what are you seeing this week? Uh, well, next Friday, uh, this Friday I should say, oh, also th just to let people know that this is now gonna be published all Film 7 episodes are going to be published on Monday, reviewing the week in advance and letting you know what's coming out this current week. So, it's the Umbrella Academy. I am super excited for this. Unlike Alita Battle Angel, this one is a, I have read the source material for. I'm a big fan of the source material. Uh, the trailer came out recently, and from what I can see, it looks to be as close to the source material visually, which is what I like to see. And certain of the story aspects as well, which is exciting. Uh, but yeah, 100%, this is my top pick of the week. The Umbrella Academy. It's going to be on Netflix. I think they're going to drop all 10 episodes at once. So I, as soon as they pretty much come out, I'm going to try and binge it as much as possible. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to need to produce your comics and, what, and, on this, and read the source material before I get into it. I don't want to make the same mistake in, in two weeks. I will read the source material. I think you can just read the first volume which is called Apocalypse Suite. Read that one. I think that'll give you a... How many volumes are there? Uh, there are only two. A uh, third one's on its way out. Okay. Coming out later this year. But yeah, there's only two volumes. So, uh, but this is, a, this is a weird show, people. Okay? The, the, the comic is weird. It's, it's going to take you into weird and wonderful places. But I'm really looking forward to this because as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this is the type of properties that is going to move the comic book genre forward. You know, instead of just the same old superheroes, which are great, you know, I love those movies, but this is how you keep on expanding this and getting people to keep invested into the comic book medium. And what makes me even happier is when I see stuff like the Umbrella Academy coming out, which is an indie comic, okay? And then people go, oh, I want to check out the comics. Because, because they love that show so much and that makes me really happy when if they like a show so much they oh I want to check out the original source material now or before the show comes out I want to invest in that yeah. that makes me happy and, I, and, that, and that's what I, pe I think people should invest more in doing yeah I'm going to do that I'm going to read the, the source material I'm, I'm, yeah for me this is um, so there are two things I'm watching this week uh, the Umbrella Academy is one and there was something I've always wanted I wanted to watch it last week but I never got the chance was um, The Green Book Oh yeah, it's out in cinemas now in UK. Yeah. We should do, we should go. See we it. should go see it. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see it. We'll, we'll go see it together. We'll definitely go see it. Yeah. So I'm gonna see that. We're gonna see that this week, maybe yeah. on Wednesday. Because we have to talk about it because it's in our Oscar show. It's nominated for a lot of Oscars. Yeah. So we you know f we have to see it before the Oscar special, yeah. which is coming so up. In yeah, we'll, two we'll, weeks we'll make a point to see that. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, we'll go see that. Then um, yeah, then of course see the Umbrella Academy. But that's what I'm seeing this week. So that's it. Also for me, uh, on the DC Universe on Friday, we get our first episode of Doom Patrol, which is a spin-off series, as we saw, of Titans. Um, obviously, it's not available in the UK. This will, I would imagine, come out on Netflix at some point, but it's out there. So if you want to get your hands on an episode, I'm sure you can. Uh, I also just want to say, for fans of DC, I have recently binged uh, season one of Young Justice. Oh. This this stuff, right? I had friends who said, you got to check this out. This is amazing. And I never came around to checking it out. I thought, I'll check it out at some point. This series is up there for me with the Justice League and Batman animated series from the 90s. Wow. This wow. stuff is amazing. Now, I, I went in there completely blind mm. thinking, oh, okay, it's, it's going to focus on, you know, the, the sidekicks uh, might be more kid-friendly. It isn't more kid-friendly. Uh, there's some episodes that obviously are directed towards more kids, but not a single piece of information given in this series is wasted. 
even if they mention something, you think, oh, that's just a mention. In a couple of episodes later, that, that will evolve into something, into a main story arc. Stuff that you think, well, that hasn't been explained. Four episodes later, we'll explain that. And you're like, whoa. Everything is interconnecting and everything, each episode is also building towards a season finale. Um, it's not just a, your run of the, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. Here's an episode. It has, each episode is its own story, but it's building towards a season finale. And it does that with 26 episodes. This, honestly, the only reason I started watching it is because season three came out on the DC universe. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get caught, caught up. This is amazing. So uh, if you're a DC fan, check out Young Justice if you haven't already. All right. That's awesome. I think from what you said, you sold. I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to get you gotta check gonna, it. You got to check it out, man. After hearing you talk like this, I am certainly going to check it out. <laughs> okay, guys, that's what we call a show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And um, you will hear from us same time next week. Next week. See you later, guys. And remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Thanks for the plays, shares, and reposts. See you later, guys.